0: I've rallied my fuck army, but it's been fucking difficult.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on the Boochcast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now, he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott.
2: What's up, dude, dude, this? This yes, is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. you speaking, I'm not that broke. At least it's not almost one o'clock in the morning.
1: I know, it's a fucking miracle.
2: Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no,
1: I'm serious. I'm just saying, like, Zach's on vacation, as you guys know. Uh, he decided to use his vacation time. So, normally, when, when we do AEW, usually with NXT, things happen a lot sooner, uh, because uh, he's usually because he's always off on Tuesdays, except for the fact that he fucking fell asleep, so he had to do a late one. But, um, that's why NXT came out late. But anyway, uh, usually on his work days, I would finish watching AEW. Then when I'm done watching it, he starts watching it because that's when he gets off of work. And I gotta wait for him to finish. And then we gotta record AEW and go as long as we can. Then I stay up and edit it. And sometimes I stay up all night and edit the whole damn thing. Sometimes I go up to a certain point and then I stop. Then I wake up the next day and finish it. So, this is the first time we've actually been able to finish AEW right at as it ends. So, we're actually uh, doing this at 10.09pm on Wednesday at the time that we're sitting here recording this. And that's a fucking miracle. So, I might finish this around the same time I normally finish um, NXT. So, anyway, uh, we have here the uh, August 3rd episode of AEW Dynamite. And uh, we kick off this show with our first official match of the evening. I want to slap Tony Khan for even putting putting this on paper. We have Pockets versus Jay Lethal with Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. Um, no. Fuck no.
2: Okay, I would do my part, and i we'll let you go on your little rant. No, no, Hopefully no, no, no. Dogs. You
1: you always go first. So so you you say what you gotta say.
2: Okay, um, I saw this just all pockets come out. I'm like, uh oh. And I texted video. i watched watching AEW. I was like, like, I was like, yeah, I did. I'm already pissed. I was like, because hey, pockets opened up the show. It's like, yeah, because this match absolutely disgusting. I started laughing. <laughs> yeah. I did not enjoy this at all. I was like, okay, this. Did, my problem was it went too
1: fucking long. This should not have gone that long. I okay pockets yes that's the thing that's bothering me and this is this is an aspect of booking that tony clearly doesn't realize and the marks on the internet and in the stands clearly don't realize when it takes people a long time to beat certain wrestlers one in particular being pockets It doesn't make Pockets look tough. It makes his opponent look like a pussy. That's how bad it is. Orange Cassidy should not... First of all, Orange Cassidy shouldn't be beating half this fucking roster. And second of all, if you're a legit badass, if you're a tough guy in this business, if you're a bad motherfucker that I shouldn't want to fuck with, it shouldn't take you longer than two minutes to beat Orange Cassidy. And most of that is walking to the ring. If you're struggling to pick... Orange Cassidy, I can't take you seriously as a badass at all. I can't. It it doesn't elevate anyone because Orange Cassidy is a comedy wrestler. He's always gonna be a comedy wrestler because everything he does looks fake. No matter how athletic he is, it looks fake because none of this would happen in a real fight. I literally, this guy had his hands in his pockets, Jay Lethal hits him with an elbow and the elbow barely did anything. If the man has his hand in his pockets, why are you doing a springboard anything? Someone's dumb enough to fight me with their hands in their pockets? Here's what you do. Punch him in the face. Kick him in the gut. Kick him in the nuts. Do something. The only props I'm going to give to Orange Cassidy is how well he sold his injured leg. For all the Pockets fans out there, that's the one positive I give to Orange Cassidy. Is When he was getting hit with those dragon screws, you know, injuring his leg, he sold the shit out of his leg. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But this match was a fucking joke. And it makes Jay Lethal look like a pussy. This is embarrassing to AEW. It is embarrassing to wrestling. And with the new creative direction WWE is going, AEW can't afford to do retarded shit like this anymore. Cause guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Triple H is now the head of creative. Mm -hmm. Vince is out the door. Mm -hmm. And if this past Monday's Raw, from what Desmond and Elvis have been telling me, is any indication of the future, WWE is ready to go to war. And guess what? What? They're not playing with kid gloves. So AEW is gonna have to really think about how badly, They want to embarrass their product with pockets on TV. Because I guarantee you, this type of shit is going to turn people off. Because nobody who takes wrestling seriously enjoys Orange Cassidy. Nobody. People who take him, ser- who try to take him seriously are ones who are there for the circus. So, yes, this match was stupid. It was embarrassing. At one point, I'm watching Jay Lethal crawl up the ramp. And Orange Cassidy doing those small little kicks to him. I almost shut the fucking TV off. I'm like, I don't think <laughs> I want to recap this show. I was going to tell, tell Zach, do you want to do this yourself? Can I take a week off? Can we fucking get Elvis back here? I don't have to do this shit no more. I can't take it. If you
2: don't do it, I don't do it.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's too fucking painful to sit through this match. It was fucking embarrassing.
2: We watched more painful shit than this before.
1: I'm sure we have, but not in a long time. It's been a while. uh, Here we go. So no, I'm not gonna sing. I just that's how I always say it's been a while. So I don't know, Zach. Do you have anything to add on this abortion or can we move on?
2: Uh, I didn't enjoy it It just went too fucking long Now let's move on Yes At least Jay Lethal got the victory
1: Then after the match Dutt and Singh come to the ring Dutt asks Lethal about Wardlow And he says the powerhouse Stuck his nose in their business Lethal calls Wardlow out to the ring Saying he's going to break Cassidy's leg Thank you Jesus The best friends and Wardlow make the save I, don't know, I has another thing The best friends coming out Looking like Muppet Man
0: <laughs>
1: Fuck This company to death with this shit. Yeah, it's like, we're going to stack on top of each other. We're going to put on a fucking trench coat and a hat. What kind of and Muppet it? Oh,
2: yeah, it's not, it's not obvious it was them at all. Stupid.
1: It was fucking it's stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, the best friends of Wardlow make the save. Perfect. Dutt challenges Wardlow to face Lethal in a title match at Battle of the Belts 3. Wardlow says it do- he doesn't care when or where. He'll beat Lethal. All
2: right. You just basically went out there. Okay, you want to talk about me? I challenge you to a match at the next pay per view. I'll put my title on the line. I did enjoy it. You did better on the mic, Wardlow. I think. I enjoyed it. Did you?
1: Um. Yeah. I thought Wardlow did fantastic on the mic. I was very impressed um, with his performance, and I look forward to seeing what happens at. Uh, Battle of the Belts. Um, obviously there's a part of me that would like to see Jay Lethal win a title. Uh, at the same time, I feel like Wardlow's on a war path and they're not gonna slow that down. So, this should be a great match and I will do my best to take it seriously despite the abortion that took place inside the ring. And on that note, we cut to an in-ring segment here with the Undisputed Elite. Adam Cole says it's good to be back, and he's glad to be back with his friends. <laughs> he, knows that he, he notes that he is not, he's still not medically cleared, but he's been doing a lot of thinking about the Undisputed Elite can do better. He emphasizes the importance of loyalty and turns attention to the Trios tournament. He says that with him and O'Reilly not clear to compete, the Young Bucks can't win the Trios tournament. He says that they won't be physically capable of winning, and Red Dragon blindsides the Bucks with an attack. Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish beat up the Young Bucks and prepare to brutalize them with a chair. But Hangman Page makes the save. After a brief pause, he shakes hands with Matt Jackson. I don't know how,
2: what to think about this.
1: I know exactly how I feel about this. This was,
2: it was, this was odd. And the thing was, they made kids cry. I was like, okay, I can understand what somebody else, but why the fuck are you crying over that dumb fox? Okay, and apparently Mr. Vinnie Beauty has something to say. What do you have to say there, sir?
1: This was beautiful. <laughs> I I been, I, I, I've been waiting for this since Adam cole came here because the young bucks are an absolute fucking joke and i remember adam cole saying i came back for you you think i would forget you think i would forget you left me for dead now what he means by that is a variety of different things like for example you were right there was one kid crying here's the thing before adam cole joined nxt that's how far back this goes Remember, because remember, they were the undisputed era in NXT. Adam Cole was part of the Bullet Club with the Bucks and Kenny Beta. Well, because Adam Cole was clearly leaving Ring of Honor, because they were all in Ring of Honor at the time, because AEW didn't exist, and they were going, and he was going to NXT, obviously they had to write him off the show, like they do with most people when they're leaving a company. So, they, uh, so basically, Kenny decided to kick Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club. So they had a moment where the lights went out and Kenny was saying something, the lights came back on, the Young Bucks super kicked Adam Cole and took him out and pretty much left him for dead. But then there was another scenario where on their show, Being the Elite, which Elvis convinced me to binge watch, he, he loves that fucking show. I, I watched as much as I could tolerate before I finally went. I can't watch this shit no more. Then, but And there, Adam Cole gets, theori- gets killed. They basically poison Adam Cole as a way to kill him off of Being the Elite. Because that's what they would do whenever they would when someone was leaving their TV show, they'd kill them off. So, when Adam Cole first came to AEW and we were like, "Holy shit, it's Adam Cole. He didn't resign." And then he joined up with the Bucks and Kenny, I was like, "Well, you just fucking killed Adam Cole." That's why Adam Cole has been unwatchable since he debuted. Combine that with some of the shitty matches he's had, the lack of I don't need to go to the gym and clearly look like I'm out of shape. Just combined with everything he's been doing, Adam Cole has managed to go from being the Iron Man of NXT to a shell of a man in AEW. Now that he's finally sticking it to the Bucks, Adam Cole is now finally breaking away from the dumb fucks and their stupid, shitty games. I'm done with... He's basically saying, I'm done with your reindeer games and your kitty tricks, and me and Red Dragon are going to go over here, and we are going to finally hit puberty and be grown fucking men again. They're reattaching the balls that dropped off the second they debuted in this company. They're becoming the undisputed team they were before. And it's beautiful. The only thing, issue I have with this is that they're trying to turn the Bucks babyface and we've already established the young Bucks <coughs> don't work well as babyfaces because in order to be a successful babyface you have to be likable and the Bucks are not likable. They are immature, moronic pieces of shit. They are the most unlikable tag team on the planet. It is impossible for them to succeed as babyfaces. That's the only thing about this that's gonna suck. Because if anybody should be the babyface, it should be Adam Cole and Red Dragon. It should be them. Because they're badass motherfuckers. So anyway, this, I thought that the the betrayal was beautiful. Turning on the Bucks. Everybody's crying. I'm fucking smiling. I'm so excited, I'm getting wet. And then all of a sudden, And all of a sudden, just as they're about to brutalize them with a chair, Hangman Page comes out and makes the save. Um all and then he turns and looks at the Bucks and then my power went out. Oh, it did. So Zach, pick it up from there.
2: He goes to the ring, he saves the day, and um, Matt Jackson stood, he helped Matt Jackson up, gave him a fist bump, walked out. That's, that's it? basically it. Uh, basically it.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So it looks like from this, it looks like Adam Page is going to reunite with the Bucks because that's been the big talk of the town because you know that's been the big tease ever since the Bucks came out during Kenny and Adam's match. Match at full gear and kind of gave that nod where we're like, do what you gotta do and then he hit the buckshot Larry and won the title they've been hinting at the possibility of the Bucks and Adam Page getting back together. So if they're gonna go in this trios tournament I'd like to see Hangman Page in the team At first I thought if the Bucks were gonna do this, it was gonna be with Kenny That was my fear, that Kenny Omega was gonna come back and they were gonna face off with the trios titles. But now it looks like it's gonna be the Bucks and Page. Now whether or not Kenny comes back and rejoins them remains to be seen, but if Adam Cole is going to go for a Trios title, it has to be with with at with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. The fans yeah, would expect I agree with you. The fans would expect nothing less. And after this Uh, also, wait, Zach, do you have anything to add? I
2: thought it was actually really fucking cool. I was like, what I still can't process my head is why your little kids were crying over the dumb fucking moron pieces of shit like you said. I was like, okay, why are you crying over these motherfuckers? I was sitting there laughing my ass off. (laughs) It's great,
1: because I can't stand those guys.
2: But that's all I have to say.
1: I really, I really hate those guys. I I hate those guys so very much. And then we, we uh, <laughs> and then we cut to the backstage area with AEW interim world champion John Moxley, who discusses Wheeler useless. I mean, U- Udo's match with Chris Jericho. He says he doesn't care who wins. He says that no matter what, he'll wage war with the victor just the same. Moxley notes that the Blackpool Combat Club will make the Heart Dungeon look like a daycare. Now, obviously, by this time, my power was had not turned back on yet. So, Zach, uh, how did you feel about this? Because I didn't see it.
2: Uh, it was great. He was basically said, I don't care who wins. Anybody wants to step up to me, they can step up. I was, I was, uh, yeah, so... I know you're not like, yeah, but it was good. It was good. It was good. He's like typical kick-ass promo from Mox. Yeah. It was good. He basically said, anybody who wants to step up, I'll challenge you and I'll beat you. Yeah.
1: Also, I don't care how badass the Blackpool Combat Club is. You're n- No one's ever going to be as badass as the Heart Dungeon. You just, you're not, you're not going to top that. You're just not. I'm sorry. The Heart Dungeon is literally the toughest school to get out of. Or at least it used to be back when Stu Hart ran it. Apparently when Jericho was in there, it was the tail end of the Heart Dungeon. So he wasn't really there when it was as hardcore, according to certain sources, but Anyway, in a taped segment earlier in the day, Tony Schiavone tries to address Christian Cage, who says Jungle Boy was raised by terrible human beings. Jungle Boy speeds in with a car and nearly hits Cage. Security officials swarm Jungle Boy, and Cage tells them to arrest him. Uh,
2: okay. All right, well, uh, did you enjoy this? Well,
1: I caught Tony Shivani was on the screen when my power finally turned back on. So, like I said, it took a while. It, it took a few minutes for the power to come back on. So, apparently, right when the, luck, luckily they had some commercial break brakes on here so I was able to catch this by the time um you know my computer and everything turned back on but yeah you know, I thought it was funny christian you know talking about like you know jungle boy mentioned my personal life which is funny because that's exactly what christian's been doing um I thought the car run was pretty good you know it was something to clearly you know show that jungle boy is out for blood and you know security officials swarm jungle boy and they take him out of the building which i liked I think that's perfect for what needs to happen here that's how i feel I feel like this is perfect. I feel like this is perfect for what needs to happen here. Just drag this out as much as possible so we can get the final battle at All Out next month. You got a few more weeks to drag it out. Let's just keep dragging it out. How'd you feel about this?
2: Yeah, they needed, I agree with you on that. I mean, I was like, I understood what they were doing, because this right here, this is getting personal. I was like, look, this is going to be good. But I enjoyed it, moving on. Yes,
1: and we got the next match of the evening. We got a tag team match. We have Thunderstorm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter with Rebel.
2: Loved it. Loved it? I, I I threw the living shit out of it. I thought it was actually really good tag team action. These four women beat the living shit out of each other. I, it was physical. It went back and forth. And then of course, uh, Brent Baker, JB Hart pulled a, sne- a sneaky one and they won the match. I was like, okay, that was good. That was good. That was good. I was happy either way.
1: What about you? It was it was it was it was a good match. Solid. Uh, I thought both teams worked very well together. Um, I like the fact that Thunder Rosa, although I don't know how I feel about this, I like that she's trying to embrace the whole like sand bagging thing. That she's being accused of. But I don't know if she should be wearing a shirt to the ring that says sandbagging for two reasons. One, sandbagging is an inside term. And it's not not proper in the business to use insider terms on TV. That's why they're called insider terms. It's supposed to be used on the inside. That's why the rare moments you would ever use insider terms is if you're trying to do a worked shoot promo. You know if you're trying to shoot on somebody but you're doing it in a storyline context to draw up interest then every now and then you throw out an insider term because that would make people go oh shit you're not supposed to say that this is this some real shit going on here it was like when CM Punk would do his work shoot promos and he would try to say pro wrestling instead of sports entertainment whenever he said professional wrestling it caught people's attention because in WWE the rule was we don't say pro wrestling we say sports entertainment
2: I say pro wrestling.
1: I know. I'm trying to make a point, though. Like, that's why here in AEW, the Jericho Appreciation Society calls themselves sports entertainers because they know that term triggers people. That's how they get their heat in a cheap way, but it works. So that's why I don't like it. Also, no. if you're a babyface, which I assume Thunderstorm is, a babyface should never brag about sandbagging if you're doing it. Like, sandbagging, is that sounds like a shirt that a heel would wear. Because sandbagging means you're making your opponent look bad, which is something that a shitty person would do in wrestling, is to intentionally make someone look bad in a wrestling match. So, that's the thing. And that's, and that's, again, that's something that bothers me. It feels like they're, you know, they're just saying, you know what? We don't care about faces and heels. We're going to go out there and be dicks. So, I didn't like that. But as far as the actual match itself, I thought it was solid, very well done. The miscommunication helps. And Jamie Hayter got the pin, which was very impressive. Usually, it's Britt Baker getting the win. So, I kind of like that.
2: Yeah, I did too. <coughs> Okay, okey sir. Uh, right and you ready to be on? Yes. On,
1: yes, we got a video package that hypes up the wedding between Sammy Guevara and Ty Cunty. Um, Eddie Kingston interrupts and says he doesn't care about the wedding. He says he wants to fight Guevara at AEW All Out and tells him to sign the contract that was sent to him.
2: This was uh, boring as hell. Except for Eddie Kingston. I saw that as soon as I saw him on my phone, on my screen, I was like, crap. Okay, good for you. You went to Paris. You got married. Okie dokie. Who cares? Boring. Go away. If you fly, don't bother me. But Eddie Kingston came to save the day. Good promo from Eddie. Eddie saved this whole fucking thing. I know. I agree with you on that.
1: Uh, Thank God for Eddie Kingston for saying what everybody's thinking. And now they're going to have to fight it all out. And at least now I know... Know him and Jericho are done, so now he's turning his attention to Guevara. I like that, and I hope Sammy does sign the contract, and I hope they, you know, have a great match it all out. I look forward to seeing how they build this up over the next couple weeks because I think it's going to be a good one.
2: Yep, I agree with you, sir. I percent agree with you, sir. All right, sir. Moving on. Yes,
1: uh, on commentary, Taz addresses Powerhouse Hobbs's betrayal of Ricky Starks last week and says that officially Team Taz is over. He wishes Hook. Ricky and Powerhouse Hobbs, he wishes them well, but he says I'm done with this because I did not approve of any of the stuff that went down.
2: Uh yeah. I was like, okay, all right, team Taz is no longer, and the best of luck to the three of them because all three of those people, start uh Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs, have all great careers ahead of them. Until we get to the next match. Okay.
0: Nick,
1: go ahead. Yes, on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. Call that. We got Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ren Jones.
2: Uh dude the truth i went to go take a piss came back and the match was done <laughs> sorry <laughs>
1: sometimes it'd be that way and <sighs> all i gotta say is this match was short and it needed to be short.
2: Basically, the special we use in the dishcast, or what I like to say, is short and sweet.
1: And to the point. That's what this was. Okay. We did not need a long, dragged-out brawl. Powerhouse Hobbs just needs to beat the fuck out of a jobber and establish that he is on his own. We have a new Powerhouse Hobbs, and he's a badass motherfucker. And sometimes... That he is. Yes. And sometimes in wrestling, that's all you need. Not every match needs to be a 15, 20-minute knock down, drag them out, tear the house down match. Because if every match is like that, then nothing is special. Sometimes you just need a quick fix so you can tell the fucking story. That's why I get mad when they have a guy that's like gonna fight at a pay-per-view, but they put it on free TV, and they just give everything they got technically, and that's why they gotta add some bullshit stipulation to the pay-per-view so they don't repeat what the fuck they just did. Squash matches serve a purpose, and sometimes, that's all you need. Not every match has to be 15, 20 goddamn minutes
0: very true sir
1: powerhouse house is a bad motherfucker you should be able to drop people quick so, got through that, and then all of a sudden, Ricky Starks' music plays. He storms down the ring. He attacks Powerhouse Hobbs. He shoves the referee out of the way, jumps at him, and then goes right into a spinebuster by Hobbs, and Hobbs leaves the ring.
2: Uh, I saw that coming. It says he's pushing him hit that spinebuster. That was a smart move of Powerhouse Hobbs to get out of the ring. So, here soon, we're going to see Powerhouse Hobbs and this Ricky Starks. I hope this Robert keeps on going. I'm enjoying it.
1: I hope how they take you? it all the way to All Out.
2: Very true. Very true, sir.
1: Yeah. And you can do that because, obviously, we're going to want to hear promo so that way, verbally, we could find out, okay, why did Hobbs turn on Ricky Starks? What, what, what caused this to happen? You gotta have a reason. What the fuck is it? That's what we need to know. So, after that, we cut to a promo. Miro asks his god who he can trust. He says evil doesn't need a mask because everyone will reveal themselves and the Redeemer will too.
2: I loved it. It was kind of creepy. <laughs>
1: This Redeemer gimmick is fucking strange as hell, but it's believable, and it makes Miro look good without any fancy makeup or sports entertainment shit. He can just talk. That's all he needs to do, right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, that thought it was fantastic. I was like, all right, let's see what you do. Maybe uh this match will be good. Mm-hmm. I heard the promos you at least get it on with already. Exactly. This is going to be
1: going to be it's going to be a good it's going to be a good match. I think him and uh Malachi Black are going to feud at some point and um Miro definitely needs to go over cuz this is a guy who needs to be he needs to be AEW champion. This guy is way too badass. And valuable to be sitting on the sidelines.
2: That's why I agree with you, sir. All right, all right, all right. Moving on? Yes.
1: In a taped message, Darby Allen says he's the one who went to Tony Khan and encouraged him to sign Brody King. He says King is trying to build his name off of him. Allen tells King to remember that he's the one who asked for the coffin match.
2: This story, I'm not believing this. Brody King going against Darby Allen in a Often match if Brody King loses, there's no help for mankind. Ugh, horrible.
1: If Brody King loses to Darby Allen, he is deader than Kelsey's nuts. I can't watch Brody King anymore after that. Darby Allen again is one of those guys. Why the fuck are you still here? How many more badass wrestlers does Tony have to sign before you are no longer needed? Before they can finally get rid of you? For Christ's sake. This is all happening next week So obviously we're going to see it But still it's It's not remotely interesting to me I'm ready for this feud to fucking oh, end
2: Yeah me too well, Let's pray to the wrestling gods <laughs> That brother just goes in there Beast of the shit that little twerp They'd Be done
1: Yes, abomination, annihilation, and on this note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Little blast from the past here. We got Jeez. Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage.
2: Blast from the past. Is that what you fucking call I'm Watching this, I'm like, oh my god, I'm back in middle school. Jeez, I, I was laying in bed. I was like, oh my god, I feel really fucking old right now. If <laughs> uh, you definitely tell with Christian Matt, that you look at it hard, you're like, oh god, age is taking a total of these two, especially map. But, this is how the fucking match. This brought back m- many good memories. Oh, I drove the shit out of it.
1: Oh, I did too. Like it. Basically, what it showed was that, you know, despite their age, these guys can still go. Like, as old as they are, they can still go in the ring and they don't have to do any of the crazy shit they used to do when they were younger. Because Matt Hardy is a master of psychology. Christian is good at psychology and being a ring general. So, these guys knew how to give the best of what they used to be, while also being smart enough to know what they can't do no more. Like, okay, there's certain bumps we can't take anymore. There's some bumps we can. Here's how we make that work. And they did. They had a great match. I believe the question Gator asked me was, why is this match on free TV? And I gave him a logical answer, and that is, Matt Hardy and Christian one-on-one is not pay-per-view worthy. It's not. It's not, because we've seen these guys fight a million times before. So I don't mind seeing it on free TV because it's a means to an end. The money-making match is him and Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. That's the money maker that needs to be saved for all out. So Matt and Christian, they just showed that age is just a number, and if you got the skills, you can put on a good match at any age. Like I said, it's hard for a lot of the young guys to grasp because for a lot of them, the day they can no longer flip is the day they outlive their usefulness in this business. When they can't flip, they can't entertain.
2: No, they cannot now, can they?
1: Nope. So Cage is a kill switch for the win. After the match, he brings some chairs into the ring and decides to do a concerto. But Luchasaurus comes out. Jungle Boy runs in from behind, tries to hit Cage with a chair, but he escapes.
2: Good save by Jungle Boy. Christian Gage did a typical heel thing. He took off and Jungle Boy's doing the baby he said, Come on, come on, come on. This is getting good. I was like, alright. We'll see what happens next week between these two. Because I know Christian, he's gonna do some something sneaky shit here soon.
1: Oh yeah. Well, that's because they were you know, he turned around, he was about to swing a chair at Jungle Boy. He ducked, he picked up the other chair Christian quickly ran for the hills so there we go and then of course uh Jungle Boy has a shirt on that says Christian is a pussy So they're trying to really drag this out. And as I mentioned before, I'm fine with it because, do what you, like I said, do whatever you gotta do to get this to All Out. Because they can't fight beforehand.
2: No, they cannot.
1: Even if I, I mean, I don't care if Christian has a one-on-one match with Luchasaurus. So be it. But he until we get to All Out, he is not wrestling Jungle Boy
2: for any reason. No. Keep this to All Out. Please. Yeah.
1: Money right here. Yes. This is money. Do not hot shot this. And then we cut to the backstage area with Tony Schiavone who interviews Daniel Garcia, who calls his victory over Brian Danielson, the biggest one in AEW history. He says he's the dragon slayer and tells Brian to come back when he's feeling better because he'll slay the dragon again.
2: I enjoyed this promo. Did you? Yes.
1: It- Daniel Garcia is getting better and better. Like...
2: Yeah, I was like, he is right. I wasn't happy with it, but I was like, well, he did make the guy tap, so... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's a technical sports entertainer and does very, very well. I think it was both the so... He's very, very so. Yeah, Daniel Garcia was is great. I love what he's doing, and I feel like he is definitely going to be a future champion in this business. I think Daniel Garcia has a shot. He's getting better on the mic, and he already showed with Brian Danielson he can work.
2: That is very true, sir. He can work.
1: Yeah. All righty then. <laughs> on. We're now going to cut to an in-ring segment with Ethan Page. Oh God! Page has a microphone and asks why he's not on TV every week. Cause you suck. Stokely Hathaway comes to the ring while Page says he deserves better. No, he don't. He says that the company is leaving money on the table every week when he's not on TV. Bullshit. Hathaway asks him what he's doing, and he says that he needs to get paid. No, we don't. Hathaway whispers in his ear and gives him his business card. Okay. Uh, Zach, how do you feel about this?
2: Uh, I hated it. You just made it more funnier.
1: (laughs) I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just read it. I, I guess I got good <laughs> reading skills.
2: They're okay. They're not better than mine. But anyways, I thought this was actually very, very good. i don't know, like, what you just, uh, wasn't good, but what you did is made, not, made me laugh. But the promo sucks, because Ethan Pace sucks, and he doesn't deserve anything. You're absolutely not correct about this? Go ahead.
1: I'm just saying. Right. I, I mean, he's like, why are you not on TV every week? Because you suck? I mean... <laughs> No, but Ethan Page is not that great of a fucking worker. I'm sorry. He's not interesting. He's not entertaining. There's no money to be made with him. He was a fucking lackey and American top team. There's just, he's a waste. He's a waste of space.
2: Waste of space.
1: We already have a guy there with the last name Page, and he is kick-ass. Ethan Page is like, I'm sorry. A lot of these, there are some wrestlers on this roster who are, who are so expendable, it's pathetic. And then you got some guys that are actually going to draw money for you. Ethan Page ain't drawing money for nobody. Just not gonna happen. So that's that's why. Like you know, you suck. You don't deserve better. Get the fuck off my TV. I'm, actually, no. Let me take that back. TV. Stay off my TV.
2: Stay off my TV. All right. that sure. Moving on. Yes.
1: Backstage, we're with the Jericho Appreciation Society, the epitome of sports entertainers. You know, and Anna Jay is standing by with 2.0. Daddy Magic says the fact that Jericho will become le champion again makes his nipples hard. Jesus Christ. Angelo Parker says. The AEW Galaxy should respect the JSS because they keep getting better. Anna J. chokes out a member of the crew. Um, no. No, this was fucking terrible. (laughs) Jesus goddamn crap. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. I don't know why the fuck they call this guy Daddy Magic. I don't know where the fuck this name came from, but, uh, nothing about Jericho should make your nipples hard, okay? No No one cares about your nipples. You're a dude. Guys,
2: if you're a girl, yeah, guys, girls have no. hard
1: nipples, that's different. Guys with hard nipples makes no sense. Why what one of the biggest questions that we're still trying to figure out the human body is why you guys even have nipples to begin with. They're just fucking there. Okay. So. Not as much talk about nipples since Batman and Robin. Yeah, I'm looking at you, George Clooney. So anyway, um, then we got... I, lo- I still love they're calling the uh, AEW fans the AEW Galaxy as the playoff of WWE Universe. But Anna J, Look, I'm glad she's in a faction. I'm glad she's getting a push because she's talented. This choking out thing is annoying. It makes no sense. And oh my God, I choked out a member of the crew. I can choke anybody out. Anna, sweetheart, we watched Wardlow beat up 20 security guards and stack them on top of each other. You think anyone gives a fuck that you choked out a member of the camera crew? No. No. We don't. Nobody gives a fuck. Get in the ring, choke out one of the female wrestlers, and then we can listen to you talk. But I'm sorry, this was this was fucking stupid and a waste of TV time.
2: A couple of those minutes will
1: never get back. Exactly. So, we're moving on from this abortion, and we're going to the next match of the evening. We got ourselves a dumpster match. Oh,
2: this is great.
1: The Gun Club with Billy Gunn versus The Acclaimed.
2: Okay, okay, uh, yeah, uh, they came out there and they started off already getting hit into everything else. But the one thing that it's Matt Cassar does the rap, right? Listen, that this about Vince McMahon was fucking brutal. I was like, I said you retired, but like, Vince man, I was like, whoa, whoa, like, holy, but this right here was fabulous, mm-hmm. it was entertaining, shit yeah, Jesus, like, I was like, okay, I was like, I was impressed with the acclaim, I like them, and I like, uh, the uh, gun club aka the ass boys but this was a very solid fucking match it was brutal it was good though i was like Sigh. i don't like dumpster matches once again he used uh, a lot of things but no ladders. or did they no, no ladders. Uh, I thought to end with it.
1: There was no ladders in this match, but you know the dumpster match is something that's been used rarely. The most classic dumpster match is of co- which is why it was funny that Billy Gunn was somewhat involved in this because the most popular dumpster match of all time is of course the New Age Outlaws versus um Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Which for those who don't know, that's Mick Foley and Terry Funk. So oh, was It that was great. It was brutal. It was violent. It had Mick Foley and Terry Funk, so you knew it was going to be fucking weapons and violence and shit. It doesn't get more bloody and violent than Mick Foley and fucking
2: Terry Funk. Terry Funk.
1: fucking Terry Funk. Exactly. So that was the last popular dumpster match. This one was also very good, and I like it because it definitely is showing that the Acclaimed is a really great tag team, and they're winning over the crowd, and I'll be brutally honest. They've won me over. Here's how badly they won me over. When they when they came out and attacked the guns during their entrance, I thought we weren't getting a rap tonight. And I was pissed off. But then they knocked them unconscious, and, ca- and Max Caster picks up the mic and tells them, play my music, and then does the, listen, and then the rap, and then make y'all retire like Vince McMahon. Oh, I knew when I heard, when I saw him finally do the rap, I was like, perfect. You have to give the fans the rap Like this is This is the acclaimed You know you gotta And you gotta have Anthony Bowens yelling With the name of the city And The acclaimed Have a rap that's part of their gimmick so they have the whole package now because when they first came in I was like that's trying to rip off John Cena but now he's establishing it they've established themselves as a badass tag team and they, they this was a, then again they had weapons in this match it was competitive you didn't know where it was gonna go and in the end they locked it they locked them in the dumpster to win the match Get and then all over. of a sudden they locked them inside and shove it off the stage which was awesome. And it landed upside very down. Funny. It was beautiful. So, this was a good moment for the acclaim. It really was. Especially the elbow drop to awesome. the table and everything.
2: Very, very true, sir. Very, very true, sir. Question. What? During any of the matches that we saw tonight? Did you see somebody with a Jim Cornette
1: t-shirt on? Uh, no. But Who,
2: I did. Who'd you see? Jim Cornette. Some guy had the t- Had one of the t-shirts.
1: Well, yeah. That's that's because Jim Cornette gets a lot of shit from people in the AEW locker room, and the AEW fans. Like, there are some people who, um, because and it's mostly because they can't handle the fact that Jim Cornette is brutally honest about the product, and that he calls out a lot of shit that's stupid. And that's the thing about AEW. They are not good at taking criticism. They're not. And that's a problem. When you think everything going on in your company is perfect, and the second people criticize you or or tell the truth about you, you get fucking angry, you get fucking offended, you get, like, afraid or something. Like, they just get... Like, Jim Cornette has triggered everybody. Mm -hmm. Because they can't handle the fact that Jim Cornette doesn't like a lot of things in AEW. But the reality is, the reason people are so gung-ho about AEW and Elvis was like this for a while, where he couldn't handle criticism of AEW until eventually he saw some things that sucked and had no choice but to call them out but the thing is people want AEW to succeed desperately because they wanted competition for WWE because they were tired of Vince McMahon and his monopoly over wrestling so that's why I feel like they're willing to accept anything that AEW does because they want them to stay in business and here's the thing I don't want AEW to go out of business I really don't I want them to succeed because the more companies that are out there there, the more opportunities for guys in the business to get work, whether it's friends of mine on the indies, whether it's Buff, whether it's myself, you know, I want to see wrestling succeed. But at the same time, I'm not going to pretend that everything is wonderful and perfect and 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 uh, and beautiful just to have that. If you, if AEW does something great, I acknowledge it's great. You've seen me do it, or in this case, you've heard me do it. But when AEW does shit that's terrible, I'm going to say it's fucking terrible. You've heard me do that too. I'm I love wrestling. But I'm critical of it. If that's a problem for you, you got two choices. Don't listen to the cast or put your big boy or big girl pants on and tune in. We don't kiss ass doing? or suck dick here okay moving on yeah but overall dumpster match fantastic love what the acclaimed is doing so on that note we move on to the main event of the evening a winner a number one tennis match where the winner will face John Moxley next week we have Wheeler Useless versus Chris Jericho I want to say
2: he's useless in this and he put up a good fight
1: I mean he did but with all the fresh talent coming in and joining the Blackpool Combat Club I don't feel like Wheeler Utah Wheeler U- Wheeler U- just feels you know weird in there you got you got Moxley you got you know fucking Brian Danielson you have Eddie Kingston you got so many other people in the you got Claudio Castanoli and then there's just Wheeler Yuta who's vacant of all personality but that's just me
2: I understand that but it was a good match was it
1: not? No it was a very good match
2: I just There we go that's what I want to hear you say I yeah. thought you would I was like Watching this, I know Finney doesn't like this guy, but knowing him, he's like, this was actually good. A shitty start, a good finish.
1: Well, here was my thing. I kind of already knew that Jericho was going to win because it would be stupid for Wheeler, useless, to get a title shot.
2: Yeah, people rather see John Moxley than Chris Jericho. Because think about this Moxley took it from Jericho just imagine if Jericho checks us from Austin and then seeing Pop comes back and we get something up probably we should see Chris Jericho against him. Huh.
0: exactly
2: I am getting better at this am I
1: yeah <laughs> getting very good at this this is fucking we talking about we talking money over here this is good shit dude that's gonna be
2: good ugh
1: so but yeah so, I, so but either way match was good I wouldn't say it was stellar but it was a good main event Wheeler Yuta is a very good in-ring worker you know I'm not taking anything away from him I'm just saying in the blackpool combat club he's pretty much useless he's better off going off on his own but jericho did very well and won with the lion tamer which i thought was perfect because that was his uh you know finisher uh when he was in wcw before it became the walls jericho before he did the walls jericho because the lion tamer is you know a modified version of that and then Wheeler Yuta taps out and chris jericho wins so he gets the title shot, but he keeps the hole locked in. He's basically trying to torture him. Moxley makes the save. Jericho escapes and tells Moxley that if he wants the Lionheart, he'll get him next week. And basically cut an incredible promo to wrap up the show.
2: I didn't see the promo. I was like, okay, it's, oh, I thought he was walking away. and I cut it off to give you a call. So, sorry about that. You said the promo was good?
1: Yes. Jericho cut a very well done promo. Basically acknowledging that he's going to be the Lionheart. He's going to basically give him the the Jericho that Moxley wants, which is, I want the guy from the Super J Cup. I want the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon. Basically, I want the most mediocre version of Jericho possible. You know, I don't want the Jericho that main evented pay-per-views. I don't want the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. I don't want Y2J. I don't want the guy who beat Rock and all. Austin in the same night to become the first ever undisputed champion. I want the mediocre guy from Japan. That's that's what I want. And Garriko's gonna bring that, so hopefully it's a good match next week. Uh huh,
2: with you, sir. One second, one second. I had to come outside.
1: But yeah, that was a good promo. And all of that, I thought it was actually pretty good
2: hard. That's a lot of cool fuckeries, the opening match, and a couple of other things. But otherwise than that, it was pretty good. Yes.
1: And uh that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach as always, I thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to join us and I look forward to seeing you on the next one.
2: Well, I'm on I'm not really busy, but I will be there or I'll call in or I'll be somewhere out and beyond the wonder of the weirds. Yes.
1: So uh, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Breaker, Breaker, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio,
2: and iHeartRadio.
1: Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebookcom TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, make sure you guys uh, check out the uh, male soap opera moments where we gave our predictions for WWE SummerSlam, and of course, be on the lookout for a new episode of the male soap opera moment coming out either later this week or early next week as we will be recapping SummerSlam and discussing the retirement of Vince McMahon. That'll be on the BoochCast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the BoochCast. Get latest tweets, photos, and videos. Go to our YouTube channel, check out all of our exclusive YouTube video content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Zach and I recently knocked out two episodes of BoochCast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. We got about about two more left to go so once we're able to get those done the editing process will begin and i'll be sending those out there to the youtube channel for your viewing pleasure Also make sure you follow us on Twitch Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties Our next watch party will be Saturday November the 26th For WWE Survivor Series The team will be getting together for the Survivor Series It will be done in one of two locations Uh, The first option will be uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina Because I'll be down there with uh, Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs For uh, WrestleCade Uh, We'll be doing a special uh, American Males exhibit down there. Uh, American Males, former WCW World Tag Team Champion. So make sure you come check out the American Males at WrestleCade. Uh, We'll be there all weekend long. But if we're able to, we'll do a watch party uh, from the hotel. If for whatever reason we're not able to do a watch party there, well, then the team here in Georgia, they'll get together. They'll have a watch party for you guys. But either way, we'll be doing something special for WWE Survivor Series. So make sure you guys... Join us on Saturday, November the 26th on Twitch.tv slash TheBoochCast. Also, we got our live D&D show coming soon, our BoochCast booking battle, and of course a, another special project we're working on. Uh, recently, Elvis got his part done for the projects. Now I got to get some of the other teammates to uh, pitch in and do their part. And once they pitch in and do their part, we'll be able to uh, start getting it done, we'll air- airing it, and getting you guys to watch it. Also, you guys can support the cast by going to anchor.fm slash TheBoochCast support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. The first level you can choose is for 99 cents, one dollar per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to help out the show. Uh, We know um, uh, with uh, inflation and everything going on, uh, you guys don't have a lot of money to spend and we wouldn't pressure you guys to spend money you don't have to help our show. If all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know, you're still helping us out a great deal and we love you for it. But if you got some extra, but if you still want to put a little skin in the game, you can give us 99 cents per month. Why is that? Because it doesn't it doesn't really hurt your bank account and you're helping us out because every little bit helps the BoochCast continue to thrive. Second level we got, is $4.99 per month, $5. Uh, this is the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. 99. 99. That's right, $10, same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. I know Evans is sold it, the Peacock you got would to put that nine ninety nine. sit 99 bring it over here. We got better content the network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money that we raise goes back into this show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of the guys who work very hard. Card on the air and off the air to make the cast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe these are to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the cast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the recipe to, you know, give Zach his ramen noodles so he can eat and uh try to get him laid so he'll be less grumpy. And until next time, this is Vinny Boochie, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. cast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu. Bon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.